deals in money, we are constantly seeking deals in money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals, or you can follow up with your investors. And you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Find what you really want and go after it. Don't be afraid to go after something even if everyone else around you tells you it's impossible for you. Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed, along with myself and Ash. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does. I've known Slocum for years, and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow. He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner-operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed. I'm here with Wesley Yates. Wesley's joining us from Fort Worth, Texas. How are you doing, Wesley? I'm doing great. Thanks. Wesley is a co-founder and CEO of VFR Capital Investments, a real estate investment and acquisitions company that is owned and operated by veterans and first responders. They currently have over 1,500 units under management for a total AUM of just over $150 million. Wesley, can you start us off a little more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Yeah, my background came from the Marine Corps. I spent nine years active duty, deployed to Iraq, and came back and did some time as a recruiter. Got out from there and found my way going back to college, which I got a kind of a dual major there, but finished with the finance and spent some time also doing process engineering, process improvement, stuff like that. Before I could start the job of Amazon, I met my lovely wife of now, but back then she was the one in real estate and I was just the plus one. That was, I'd say back in July of 2019, I attended my first ever commercial real estate event. And that was the first time I even heard about syndication. So it's been a fun journey ever since then. How long have you been syndicated? I would say I've been trying to syndicate 
since July of 2019, but I started my team, the VFR Capital Investments, with a group of other veterans and first responders, and that was November of 2020. Gotcha. Now, your 1,500 doors, when did you start acquiring those? That's a collective whole of everyone on the team. Some of the uh, okay. rest of our team actually had some doors prior to coming on board. But what we've done together since November has been just shy of 600. We're right at 589 that we've done since we really came together as a team. And got another 272 that should be closing here in the next 30 days. Still climbing. Nice. So within VFR, what's your specialty? My specialty is, I guess you could say the leadership. I'm really good at putting together the processes, finding the right, I would say, person that does the right job and put them in there to where it's a good fit for them, something that they're good at and they enjoy. And I started off really just doing the acquisitions and underwriting and kind of building that side up, finding the deals. And then we just went from there to building up the asset management team. Some of my partners had a combined total of about 40 years just in real estate already. So they made great partners and additions to fill that asset management side. And now we are starting to build up our investor relations side, taking on investors. We wanted to spend our first year really proving our concept. And now we feel we've got the confidence and the strategies to really take on our own investors. Gotcha. Okay. So your first year together would have been November of 2020 to 2021. Yes. The almost 600 doors that you acquired during that time, did you guys joint venture with other operators? Yes. That was something that I kind of realized one of the hardest things. They always say your first deal is the hardest. And one of the reasons why is not just the learning curve that takes place, but it's like applying for a job that requires 10 years of experience as an entry level position. It's like, okay, well, you want me to have credibility talking to the broker so that you can take my offer serious. So we partnered up with another group called Elevate Georgia Brew, who actually spoke at the last conference there. But we partnered up with him and found a deal out in Lubbock. And then we found a deal here in Irving, Texas that we partnered up with him on. So what did VFR bring to those partnerships? You found the deals? Yes, we found the deals and then we co-asset managed with them. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. So you guys have clearly seen some success then the last couple of years, and there are members of your team who have a collective 40 years of experience in commercial real estate investing. Your focus is on leadership processes and finding the right people and finding the right fit for them within your organization, correct? Yes, sir. Well, let me ask, when you guys got together partners with VFR, what role did you first hire out to an employee? We still don't have any employees to this date. It's just our team. We had basically a group of other veterans and other first responders that wanted to come together and we all just kind of divvied up the work. I'll be honest, a lot of people kind of realized there was a whole lot more work in real estate than what they wanted to take on for them. So we started off with about 12. And by the time we got to actually contracting our first deal, it was just the final four of us. So (laughs) that's there, but we're back up to growing and partnering and training other people. And I think we're sitting at about a total of 15 team members right now. The team started out with 12 partners that went down to four and then went back up to 15. Can you talk us through that process? Why did you start with the 12? 
How did the process go to get down to the four core members? Let's start there. Yeah. So what we were doing is a few of us that had the experience in real estate and we're putting together and we're going to be kind of the leads. We offered to say, hey, look, there's a lot of character out there. There's a lot of work ethic within that veteran first responder community. So we reached out to them and said, hey, if you're interested in getting into real estate, want to do something part time, we're going to put together a team and just divide up the work, divide up the success. And that's how we got started. So some of the people there did not I guess you could say, find that was the right fit for them. And everyone left on good terms. And then we started doing our things through March. We contracted our first deal, went back to back to back all the way through to about October. I thought about how could I give back? Now that we've kind of proven our process, our system, our little way, how could I give back and help others? Well, I decided to basically start up a trainee program just bringing people on and saying, hey, look, we're looking for more acquisitions reps and we want to expand across Texas, Oklahoma, really those Southern states there. So we started bringing people on and saying, hey, look, I'm not going to teach you anything that I haven't done myself. So we just trained them on our business plan, brought them on board, and you will be happy to hear this. One of the very first things that they have to do before they can even start their training is read the best ever syndication book of Joe Fairless there. So I think that's one of the great books that gives, even to this day, a well-rounded overview from start to finish and answers that question, really, what is syndication? So then we just plug them into our training and they get started on underwriting deals. And now that's kind of how we've been building back up. So we've got boots on the ground in North Carolina, Arizona, all over Texas, Louisiana, working on some partnerships in Colorado. So wanting to be able to cover the nation and find the best deals that are out there. So a couple of things. It sounds like there were 12 of you who were connected through your mutual communities of veterans and first responders who were interested. It turned out that the core four are the people who decided to commit to moving forward, doing deals together. Within those four, were your roles within the partnership delineated Mm-hmm. So that some of you were more acquisitions, some capital raising. How did that happen? Everyone just kind of stepped into the role that they felt was best fit for them. And it worked out perfectly. We've got Clay Epler, who has been our analyst, kind of stepping up and also being the trainer that trains everybody through our processing and underwriting. And then we've got Jenna that does our asset management. And we've got Robert that is dual hatting on helping with the asset manage and kind of focuses more on the construction and overseeing that process there. And then you got me that now I'm doing the capital raising, but I kind of bounce back and forth. And I'm the one that reviews the deal, gives it that second set of eyes and gives it the final ups. And I walk it all the way from contract to close and work hand in hand with Jenna and Robert, making sure they understand our business plan. And all through the due diligence, what quotes to get. And then I'm there during the asset management meetings too. If there's any, hey, Wes, is this what we were underwriting for? Yes, that's what we're at. So that's that. I'll tell you what, I wish I had a process engineer to walk me from contract to close each time. <laughs> for sure. Now, you said you've gone from four to 15. You haven't hired anyone. Your choice in expanding your team, instead of bringing on employees and payroll, You are bringing on effectively junior partners. That's right. And getting junior partners. Now, you're bringing people in to the GP side 
of your deals. Now, is that specifically you guys looking to get boots on the ground acquisitions, people in multiple markets? Is that it? Or what other roles could a new junior partner for you serve? So right now that is the main area is the acquisitions. And you're right. It's to have boots on the ground in those markets. And I feel like my acquisitions reps need to be many subject market experts for where they're at with the areas that they're looking for. I'm not saying you can't live in California and buy deals in Texas. People do it all the time. But who knows more about what's happening in that market? Me that lives right here in Fort Worth, Texas, or you that lives out in Cincinnati. There's only so much you can learn from reading market reports, reading data analysis, sometimes just being boots on the ground and living there and knowing what's happening. You can't top that. Gotcha. Wesley, what makes bringing on a partner like that better than hiring someone to help you with acquisitions? Well, as a lot of people might discover once they get into syndication, it doesn't cash flow for the general partners as quickly as you think when you're doing mainly value add, which has been our start and our main focus within our portfolio. Um, So that first year, you're really ramping it up, getting the property stabilized and trying to hit the preferred return for your investors. So with that being said, cash flow is tight. And it was one of those that I looked at it and said, that's not a roadblock. That's not a dead end. That's just a speed bump. How can we overcome our weakness and just provide an opportunity for other people to where we can create a win-win situation? So that's exactly how we structured it. If we brought on an employee, we would have been limited by cash flow on how many employees we would have been able to bring on. But I also thought about it is I didn't want an employee. I didn't want someone that was just punching a time clock that was just checking in, doing their task and going home. I wanted someone that had heart in it. I wanted someone that had ownership in it. So that's another reason why I wanted the people that we brought on first, not saying that we want, we're looking at hiring. We're doing some interns that are starting this month. And then looking at hiring them as a paid internship for office management stuff. But starting out, I wanted the people that felt like they could come on, wear the logo, wear the brand and be a part of our team. And that would give them more motivation, more tenacity and just all around grit. I feel like those are some of the hard qualities that you need to make it in this tough industry of real estate investing. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years. And he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. 
They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investor Guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. For a lot of syndicators, especially in apartments and especially right now with the compressed cap rates that we're experiencing, correct me where I'm wrong. One of the advantages of bringing on partners as opposed to employees is that the vast majority of the money made by GPs and apartment syndication is upon the sale. Yes. Which means that you can attract the partners who are willing to delay gratification with possibly three years of work before a very large payday comes. I don't know anyone who wants a W-2 job that only pays once every three years. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) How we kind of got around that right there is the people we're looking at already have either a full-time job. They're already collecting like myself. I'm a hundred percent disabled veteran. I live off of and budget around my disability and my wife's income. So anything I make from real estate just turns right around and goes back into real estate. So we've built our systems all virtual and worked around a schedule to where I don't have to be face to face with you for you to still plug in, get your next steps and get the work done. And then I can come in behind that and still review, or my analyst will come in behind that and still review. So it was just tweaking the process to work around some of these indifferences here, these challenges, but it wasn't impossible. That makes sense. Which markets are you guys currently looking for deals in? Right now we're looking for deals actively all throughout Texas and Oklahoma, Arizona, North Carolina. And then we just recently got a co-sponsorship where we're starting to work Kansas City and Missouri. I would say that kind of little Midwest region there. And it's looking very good on that deal. I'm liking how that one's coming together. Nice. You guys have expanded outside of Texas where you can put boots on the ground with partners? Yes. Gotcha. Outside of the opportunity to get someone on your team who's local to that MSA, what else attracts you to a particular market? Well, that's kind of where we look first. One, it's got to be landlord friendly. I know there's some strategies out there where people are making other strategies work for them in some of the less landlord friendly states. But for right now, we're really looking at heavily of those growing markets, stabilized markets, low crime, great job growth. We have a certain population. We want to see our population in that city to be at least about 200,000 and seeing that number going up over the last five, six years. So that's really what we're looking at. I like to say I follow the money. And if I see money going to a market, talking corporate level, then jobs are going to follow, population is going to follow, need for apartments is going to follow. So that's kind of what I look at. Gotcha. What has been your biggest lesson learned specific to a particular deal? Choose your team wisely and really inspecting what you expect. People in this industry are really good at selling you on what they want you to think they are. 
So taking the time to choose your team wisely and vet them out a little bit before you just jump head over heels right into the deep end of a five-year commitment on a deal, make sure you know who you're working with. Look into some of the things that they've done. Maybe if they've partnered with other people, try to track them down and see if you can't hear how it's going. Some of those other projects are going with them. So that was probably been my biggest lesson learned is, as an old carpenter would say, measure twice, cut once. (laughs) Measure twice, cut once. Can you give us an example of a time when that has played out in one of your deals? Yeah, I'm not going to name any names. I don't like to talk negative to anyone. But we had a guy that came on to our partnership and said, hey, I can raise the full raise. I have no problem raising it. It was only a mil and a half. So I was like, well, that's fine if you're seasoned. There's several raisers that that's an afternoon for them. So we went with that. And by the end of it, luckily we had an extension. I'm like, hey, I'm just curious. Where are you at? We've been focused on the due diligence, the loan docs, getting everything else ready to go. Where are you at with the race? Ah. (laughs) we're like two weeks from close and luckily I went back to the broker and I said hey we're gonna have to go ahead and take that extension and it was a scramble but luckily we ended up making some great partnerships out of it that we've gone back-to-back deals with so it was a blessing in disguise but some people actually I will name one thing George was like I don't know if this deal is gonna close man and I'm not letting it not close I'm not So I got with the team, we pulled together and I said, we need to find as many capital raisers that will look at this deal by Monday. And that was like a Friday. So we called all weekends, said it's 21 appointments in those three days. And we ended up with that extension. We got it closed. And George was like, yes, that was a good job, man. I'm I'm not going to lie. I didn't think it was close. (laughs) So... That's impressive. Yeah. Looking back on that deal, Wesley, how do you qualify potential partners or maybe potential capital raisers differently now? So now I've learned since then, I've never stopped scheduling appointments with co-sponsors. We want to talk with them, get to know them, have a face-to-face with them, spend some time really seeing how they are, looking at a few deals together and getting their opinion on it earlier rather than already under contract, then you're kind of at a scramble. So it was just realizing that that was going to be a necessity and we needed to allocate some time and energy to that prior to, oh crap mode. (laughs) So, because once you sign that contract, that time that starts ticking there. So you got to get moving. Wesley, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? (laughs) Let's do it. Great. What is the best ever book you've recently read? I'm currently finishing up. I'm sure it's a fan favorite there. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think that was by Stephen Covey. Covey? I probably. Covey. Covey. There you go. So I'm kind of in that section right there where it's really talking about the difference between leadership and management. And I was like, man, he must have been listening to me when he wrote this book because I've said some of that stuff time and time again on that. There's importance to have leadership and there's importance to have management. There are two different roles and they're both equally important. What is your best ever way to give back? Not only are we helping veterans and all that stuff now, but something that's been, I guess you could say, close to my heart is when I got back from Iraq, I was actually homeless for about six weeks. And it was very rough to come back from war and, and then still not have like a warm welcome and all that. It's a very big statistic of the homeless veterans community. So I want to start by putting together a group of people, and I've been building this over a period of time now. That's one reason why I want to have the credibility and the big door account and the right relationships is we want to get together and I want to start off with a hundred unit apartment, kind of like a barracks style 
offer that for homeless veterans and build like a small community center next to it that will be able to do basically like group meeting and helping each other out maybe a little gym so they can get back on there and i've also and this is in fort worth we're going to start this here in the dfw area and we might try to expand that if we can get it in one then i'd like to get it in another metroplex if i get it in two i want to go for three so on so forth and just continue but not just bringing veterans off the streets and all that but truly giving them that all right what can we do to help them truly and giving them a purpose giving them a job giving them the training that they need I found a company that trains people on how to be virtual assistants. And I'm thinking, well, someone that doesn't going out in public, going around others, that can trigger their PTSD. So if they can be in a safe place where they have what they need and then they can still work from the convenience of their home with today's technology, more and more companies, more and more jobs are going that direction, that remote route. So if we can train these and give them that second chance, then might just lower that veterans committing suicide number a little bit. Awesome. What is the best ever skill you've developed through commercial real estate investing? Mm, Patience. As my wife would probably say, I have grown tremendously as I've stepped into this role and it's helped me in a lot of areas. I think it's allowed me to be a better father, a better husband, and really just a better team member. I kind of view that if you want to be first, you must be last. So I put my team first and that's really what I do is wake up every day and I figure out how can I make this environment, this system, this process, this journey that much more pleasurable, that much more successful. So that's kind of why I try to work more than anyone else, harder than anyone else. So that way I can give them the opportunity for them to be successful. Wesley, what is your best ever advice? Oh, (laughs) best ever advice. I would say find what you really want and go after it. Don't be afraid to go after something, even if everyone else around you tells you it's impossible for you. So I was told by family members, so-called friends, I was an idiot for doing this, but I had to quit listening to them and start believing in me. So if I think if anyone else can find that inner belief and find a goal, find a dream. I just don't think God gave us dreams that we weren't meant to actually live. So why not? You only get one chance. I'd rather be on my deathbed going, man, I made a lot of mistakes. Then I regret never trying. Wesley, where can our best ever listeners get in touch with you? My email, if you want to just contact me directly is Wesley at VFRCapitalInvestments.com. Or if you just want to search for VFR Capital Investments on either Facebook or LinkedIn, you can find us on there as well. Awesome. Best ever listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you gained value from this episode, this conversation with Wesley Yates, please do subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. Also, please share this episode with a friend who you believe would gain value from our conversation. Thank you and have a best ever day.